I wasn't one of those people who knew what I wanted to do in, in life in terms of like job, career, etc. But I knew early on why I was here. Not mm. not in a really deep sense, but I just knew I liked and I and I like the world made sense to me when I was doing something that somehow connected them to other people. Yeah. I knew that early on. Probably the only thing I have to warn you about is that when I start talking, I literally don't stop. Like, I don't breathe. I was just going to say, when I get really excited about a thing and, yeah. um, (laughs) And I'm not the most articulate person. I'm definitely, like, I talk too much. And then after a few minutes, finally get to where I was actually trying to get to. So, yeah, just just to let you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to to oratory. Perfect. (laughs) Look, I think, you know, around a campfire, traditionally, we had a lot of time to get through so this is actually correct i think the wrong way is we have to condense it all down to twitter size format right which gets us into more problem because you don't actually have the time so i think let's go with that spirit of just us talking all right i'm going to kick us off okay sandy we're here we're we're doing this uh look i'm just going to be up front you have probably received a lot of spam emails like mine which is like hey this is my name this is my idea uh, I, I really want support you know it's but but um it's interesting because you're like one of the people who responds and i kind of stuck to you like lou i don't know how long we've been communicating now but i finally got you on the podcast so i just want to firstly welcome you and um thank you for taking a punt on this voyage i'm on right this this whatever this is podcast podcast from our house uh, that's going to go up on TV and people will see it. Um, yeah, so I just want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Will. <laughs> I appreciate the invitation. As you know, I've, I feel a little bit shy. I had a look at some people who have been on the show and I'm like, wow, they're, they're up there. <laughs> uh, but I'm more than happy to share what, whatever I can yeah. um, in the spirit of, I think, yeah, just information sharing in general and mm. whatever things that we're privy to. I, I always um, think they're part of uh, a conversation that you might have with other people later and take the piece that people have given to you and, and pass it on um, rather than it just stay with, with one person so yeah, yeah. in the spirit of that happy to yeah to share and and hopefully some somebody listening will find it useful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people will find it useful because the area that, you know, we get pushed in life to I don't know, become a brand or to be something or to represent something and I think what's interesting is like we're all just us. You know, and you have good days and bad days and and I, I you know, I I am someone who believes at our core we're good. And so sometimes it can get misinterpreted um you know particularly in Pacifica what I'm noticing and because my upbringing is dead split down the middle right so half Kiwi half Cook Island and and you know what I realized as I was growing older is my mother's traits the Cook Island traits were misinterpreted as weakness and they were kindness you know not to not to interrupt not to kind of um as, you know point the finger and say you see you're wrong that's my my dad would do that you know he would and so I always had these bits in me but the the older I've got not that I'm that old but um it's interesting how you really have to be careful about you know 
there's one thing you think you're putting out and it's another thing to see what people are receiving and i just find that so fascinating you know uh it's something that this podcast has not helped me at all with actually because it's unfiltered conversation it's just us talking yet yet there is these kind of digital representations of ourselves so i guess the when i put that back on you like do you kind of have to really be careful about the version you're putting out versus the version you are is that something you're aware of or are you just trying like us or like everyone trying to navigate this in real time how does that work for you yeah it's, so totally the latter <laughs> i think like everybody i'm just i'm just trying to to navigate life navigate day to day but I, I do think at the same time, um, there was uh, probably a turning point in my life uh, around the time that I was having kids um, seven years ago. Um, and, and I realized that um, a lot of what I had believed would happen in, in pregnancy and parenthood, just everything that I guess I had um, been conditioned to believe wasn't wasn't reality <laughs> and then I think back to other points in, in my life when I expected things to happen a certain way and then and then they didn't not even close and then the more people I talked to the more they were like yeah what's that about so um from something as simple as um you you graduate from uni bam you get a job yeah, yeah that doesn't happen <laughs> very rarely yeah. um but you get sold on the dream right um you have kids and there's all these things that you you probably couldn't have fully understood until mm. until they happened mm. and um i realized i think at that point that i needed to be more conscious just conscious of the world around me um what other people were trying to share with me yeah. um, but i probably wasn't ready to fully listen to mm. um and the more i think i encountered uh, other people's experiences and the more i just asked questions differently the more I started to realize how asleep I had been right. for a long time. Wow. Yeah, and so, so I think at that point, not to say I've, I've got it anywhere near right, but it's made me be much more conscious mm. in parenting and communication and just about every aspect of every day, I'll just have these moments where I'm like, wake up, Sandy, zoom out, put it in perspective. Yep. Yeah, so, so I, I love that, but it mm. wasn't, wasn't easy to to continually, I guess, make myself do that. Because oh. I think the natural thing you want to do is just get carried away in the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think conscious consciousness like that as well is a great coping tool. Mm. So it's made me not feel so disappointed or disillusioned when things don't go as maybe I had planned or expected. Because I should know that because so many people have told me yeah. that this is how things can end up. Here are all the possibilities instead of, is the one way I want it to happen and then it doesn't mm. and then I'm shattered and I don't know what to do with myself mm. so yeah so the, the link between making really not, it's not even conscious decisions it's mm. just being conscious of what you're entering into mm. what different possibilities may may arise from that and to be fairly open to where that might take you and then really intentional yeah. on what happens in the next step and the next step and, mm. and just continually kind of stopping and reflecting on that That's and being okay with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. Look, and, and, and when you're saying things like conscious and intentional, these are hard things to recognize in real time. And uh, yes. for me, I have a real, I've been told in the past, I'm, I'm really good, like, tactically but I'm not I need to work on my strategic and I still I, I find that really hard to know what those things mean you know I guess it's like in chess you thinking forward but but you know 
you look at things like mindfulness or meditation, they're all about the now. It's just we punish some things, you know, and and you yeah, so it it is it is so interesting. And it's when you say like, you know, we have to be conscious, I sometimes think, what are we who are we talking about? Surely it's just us. But there's all these different yeah. versions of yeah. us, right? There's the there's the us we grew up with. There's the us that we present to people. There's the us in the conversation in the head. And I don't know what the right me is, but I guess that is the kind of journey, you know. And I, th- and I think it's any and all, and mm. that, that's that's an interesting thing. Actually, it made me think of so. So I'm 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 multicultural. My heritage is um, Chinese, Tongan, Fijian. Um, British or New Zealand Pakeha yeah. and growing up I didn't know what I was <laughs> I grew up in a household where my mum um, only spoke limited English and she and she had had been told by many that she needed to learn to speak English and that right. there was no room for her dialect for, for her culture so she grew up trying to learn to be something else yeah. um, well not grew up but you know uh, from her time in New Zealand mm. she was still fairly young had married my dad and my dad um, had been very disconnected from his Pacific Island heritage, um, and yeah, so it was really interesting. I did, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know where one thing started and the other thing ended. Wow! And I I just desperately wanted to fit in, but we moved around a lot. So initially, my dad was um, in the army, so that meant you know every time you have to kind of reinvent yourself and you have to find new friends, and and so I felt quite lost. And what's really interesting is, um, in order to adapt, in order to fit in. I would learn about the environment that I was in. I would learn about how people behave and act, and then I would try to emulate a bit of that. Mm. And the the great thing about that is it meant that I felt really confident and comfortable walking into almost any setting because I learned that skill of adapting. Mm. But the downside is I didn't know firmly who I was. <laughs> what did I stand for? Um, where do I fit? Mm. And um, and I and it wasn't until I was probably in my mid twenties that I felt okay about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I realised I don't have to fit into one thing. I don't mm. have to belong to one thing. Um, and that all of those different, I guess, adaptations of myself are perfectly acceptable and are still totally me. Mm. Um, and I enjoy the fact that different settings and situations bring out a different part of me, but it's it's still me. Yeah. Um, and I realized, yeah, that I, I was fighting so hard to, to work it out, not realizing that it's a fluid thing for me. But for other people, it's not. It's a really clear, mm. you know, really deeply grounded thing. And, and for others, it's, yeah, it's highly fluid. And, and then you've got all the people in between and that's totally okay. And that's, the, I think, the exciting thing about having such uh, a range of diversity. Um, yeah. And, and culture doesn't have to be you know, really um, set and really strong, but for some people it does need to be, yeah. I I think one of the interesting things I realised too is that um, a lot of the things I firmly believe sound like contradictions. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like like culture should be strong and should be grounding, but should also be fluid Mm. and totally believe that both statements are 100% true because it is both, but it depends on the context Mm. of that, the, the deeper context. Yeah, so I just became really okay with myself and the, the different, I guess you could say, versions of myself, but that they're all still truly me. Yeah. And I came to understand too that some people have only one really strong version of themselves, and that's totally fine as well. 
I wonder if that's, and we're going to go to a break in a second, but I wonder if that's why you replied to my email and we're talking about this, the funding space because I think you may have picked up that I don't know what I'm trying to fit into. I'm just trying to find, find I got, I, like you, I can see things for a variety of ways, you know, because I can dip into in and out. I can understand the something like the intent because I've seen it, I've felt it, as opposed to this is exactly. So, yeah, it's a, it's an unstable yeah. ground, but I feel like, um, and and I guess time is just one of those things that it's going to be more like this because the more we mix, the more we mix, and yeah. there's, it's not a surprise that me and you are here. You know, it's it is actually well, maybe that's part of the plan, and we maybe I'd like to maybe go on a bit of an adventure to see you know what you know from the, from the voyages of the past or all of our different backgrounds you know was there a plan or you know or because I think that there is and I mean it makes sense to you know diversify the pool you know if you like it's just it's just um, trying to work out where you fit on that if you don't exactly know what it is you are and so that's a very interesting thing okay stay with us team we'll be back right after this hey team whilst we're in a tiny break here i would like to quickly give a quick shout out to the patreon supporters the three people that support this podcast every month this is the beauty of it every month Daniel, Chris and James, you're the backbone of this podcast, chaps, and I'd like to thank you in this verbal shout out, which is what they get each and every podcast. Well, look, 99% of the time, I don't think each and every podcast, but I definitely try to acknowledge it as much as I can. Thank you so much, brothers, for backing this podcast. And look, if you are keen to back this podcast or listen in to the magic that happens when we blow our minds together, please consider donating $10 per month to Please Blow My Mind via Patreon. If you visit patreon.com forward slash please blow my mind, you'll hear and see what I'm up to. This way of donating to the podcast helps me each and every week to understand, to push forward, to do this more. Your direct contribution will only go to this podcast, so please consider it. It's a way that you can support me and this journey so that we can blow our minds together. Okay, let's get back to the podcast with Vika. Okay, Sandy, we made it through the break. Um, I think before I was saying something like a little bit about where we're from and and what is the plan just on the plan itself do you think there's a plan like are you operating to a plan or is your word a little bit about give and take and push and pull i mean i ask that because i'm i'm genuinely fascinated about what the plan here is it's like please blow my mind well, please share something with me and i don't really f- you know put it on you it's like you have to tell us but but if you had to take a a, a a best guess. Sometimes I think about Sandy. You're the person. If an alien comes to Earth, we've chosen you to go and pitch Earth, pitch Earthlings, and they say, you know, what's the plan? What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I'd say, oh, with with me being the communicator, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, I, I I do believe there's a a plan, but a fluid plan, if that mm. makes sense. Um, I I definitely feel like purpose is, is everything yeah. so you know what you're saying before around um you know the the 
ability to see your email and be like, cool, I want to respond, I want to understand, even though it doesn't sort of fit into a, a really nice box. I think everybody is on their own journey, but that our journey is destined to cross paths with many different people and yeah. that every time it does and every time we follow our intuition to make sure that we, you know, when you just get that, you get that feeling yeah. somewhere where you can't quite describe that yeah. you're meant to follow through with something, you're meant to have a conversation with that person or walk mm. up to that person mm. or that they're somehow going to be significant no matter how how much or, or yeah. how little that significance might be in the big scheme of things. Um, so that as our paths intertwine, I definitely think that that ability to learn from each other, to find meaning in relationships and connections mm. and stories and sharing stories, um, and then understanding how you can contribute to that, that to me is, is the plan. So mm. I don't worry too much beyond that because so much of that is out of my control. Yeah. Um, but I listen very much to my instinct, to my intuition. If I just get a sense about something, I won't let it go until I've pursued it. Not mm. to be able to reach a, a really clear, predetermined outcome with it, but just to see where it takes me. Mm. And then from there, I'll, I'll sort of wait for the next thing and do that. Mm. And at each point, I won't be searching for something bigger. I'll just make the most of that connection and that and that time. And then as the next one comes along, I'll, I'll follow that. And I find really, um, I guess, yeah, great satisfaction in, in that yeah. and the very human connections being inspired um just continually learning being fascinated at what this whole universe has to offer <laughs> um, and even the disappointing or really hard situations being able to survive those mm. and feel like you've learned so much and you're in a different space headspace yeah you know in a different space even spiritually um to carry on for the next chapter of the journey so i think um i wasn't one of those people who knew what i wanted to do in in life in terms of like job career etc but i knew early on why i was here not mm. not in a really deep sense but i just knew i liked and i and i like the world made sense to me when i was doing something that somehow connected in, into other people yeah i knew that early on and that I wouldn't be satisfied choosing a path where I was going to be slogging it alone and um, or climbing a corporate ladder I just knew that wasn't for me mm. and so the yeah the more human connections I'm able to make um, and if there's anything I can do to help the people that I connect with in their journey that's all that I need that to me is the plan wow, <laughs> the that's plan, a- not just for myself yeah yeah people yeah and, and, and it's a plan that you know maybe what and I'll see how this floats like I sometimes try and process it all right because it's a lot to process and we're bombarded with information and we're bombarded with expectations and on ourselves and society and you know I guess ultimately out of love right we want harmony but part of the harmony is recognizing that it comes with risks it comes with the other side of things which is obviously the capacity for not nice things and that's taken me a long time to get my head around part of the reason i explore through conversation is because i it breaks me to know that there can be such darkness i don't understand it you know and it's and it's something that i do know exists but to try and quantify my question is like why you know that would be my that's well i've kind of come around a little bit but my question you know not trying to bring religion into it but how can something so beautiful create something so painful and that's so that, a question the funny I, thing though oh yeah. sorry no no, no go, go 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 
Well, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know what's so amazing, though, is it's from the dark moments, yes. from the absolute devastation, yep. that you actually see the brightest moments mm. of humanity. And it, and it sucks that it takes that, and yet we see it happen time and time again. There'll be something really devastating, and suddenly the most human part of ourselves, it emerges straight away. Yep. And, and anything that was a barrier to that falls away. Mm. And it is crazy. Why? Why? Why does that happen? But I think, you know, that the, you'd never see that level of beauty if you didn't see that, that darkness. Things in balance, right? And balance yeah. doesn't mean perfect harmony all the time. It means you've got to have a bit of this to have a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's And, and when you really sit on it and think about it for a while, it, it is tough. I do understand why people choose to opt out of thinking about this stuff. Maybe it's by suppressing it with, you know, what Ever, because we do know the world has become experts and almost like consumerism helps you suppress something you know binge watch uh, get on your phone there's an algorithm now that gets you addicted and you don't even know it and and I because I because I really do think the journey of life is scary you know and um but but again it's beautiful if you can recognize that and you know that surrounding yourself like for me part of the joys of my week is knowing I get to chat to someone you know and and of course I get many chats and I have my family and all that stuff but it's a, an opportunity to kind of like look past my fence you know and say what's happening over there and I think we just don't recognize yet how important those type of things are you know like we were really fast during lockdown to get the zoom chats up and start calling everybody and and I can't help but think you know the stats might say that we all got exhausted through meetings and that but we probably still really enjoyed the fact that you could call someone and how are you meant something really important, right? Um, yeah. And so, I, I don't know, I also heard um, this thing where people don't become, you know, like someone from history isn't kind of uh, put in a pop culture way until like 20 years after their death if they're a celebrity or something like that. And I thought to myself, that's really interesting because what that suggests is that the idea is what people pick up on later the actual real-time stuff isn't really serving anything apart from that's like hard the grind you know all of these things and so maybe the goal is to just find something that you're prepared to stick at long enough eh? um you know and maybe that's like family or you know uh also like a career you know there's so much pressure put on us to find these careers and you know pressure real pressure you know I heard some stories about kids kind of dropping out of school after or you know when kind of lockdown was over because people needed to work and this is a this is this is not the New Zealand I grew I know right so this is also the exploration and to make sure you don't get trapped too much up here right and talk to people and and do what you can yeah okay uh we'll go to another break sandy what i'd like to maybe explore if it's all right with you is you know at the top i referenced my spam emails and that's because you kind of involved and i'll get you to say it in your words this is how i see it and um like the funding or whatever that means so it's like yeah, actually, let's break down what that means. And we don't have to be too specific, but there's definitely this whole other realm. I see it in my head like you kind of got commercial and then you got funding. And I don't even know what funding means, but it, it's something tied into the government or something. So 
lots of entrepreneurial people out there, um, particularly in Pacifica and Māori, who'll be really keen to just hear. Let, let's we'll just go somewhere with that, and you can always tell me to edit some stuff out later. So stay with us, team, and be back in just a sec. Hey team, just a short little note that at the end of this podcast I will be playing a little audio clip for you from my little side hustle, well my side side hustle because this podcast is my side hustle, the side side hustle called Manava Breathing. Now Manava Breathing is basically slow nasal breathing at a lower rate than what we currently do. Let me quickly tell you some crazy stats. Most people in society breathe up to 20 breaths per minute on average and this is not good let me tell you the optimal rate is five to six breaths per minute and we like 20 and so we ask ourselves why is there so much you know kind of chaos and anxiety well it's because we're over breathing so manava breathing is built on the foundations that the breath helps the mind to firstly calm and then to rise up and what that means is to take a wider look and navigate to our next point. I think we get caught up in today's world trying to navigate and we're jacked up on life. We're jacked up on stress. And, you know, really, the question is, why are we making these decisions about where we're going whilst under the influence of anxiety? So manava breathing helps calm this. And we do this by slower breathing, by nasal breathing and by breathing deep into our belly and at the end of this podcast I'm going to play a five and a half minute audio clip and I encourage you to join me there'll be some nice relaxing music and I'll guide you through as we switch to our nose breathe in two three four five etc and it will just be nice so hang about to the end of the podcast let's do some manava breathing together and uh, yeah let's get back to this episode we'll see you at the end I'm interested, Sandy, you must come across a lot of people like myself who have big ideas, big dreams, and there's a commercial side to that too, because everything in our modern times works through, you know, I guess money changing hands. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, like, is that an exciting thing for you to be involved with, trying to kind of help people through how to transfer an idea into, let's say, money? Yeah, um, well, so that's probably not the exciting part, but um, tra transforming the idea into something that, that works and has a, and makes a difference for people, um, I find that more often than not, particularly when it comes to Māori and Pasifika innovators, entrepreneurs, they are so altruistic, like, like crazily altruistic. They're all about everybody else but themselves mm. like they you know they've just got such a i don't even really know how to articulate this well because it's just the sense you get from and it could be from an email a phone conversation or, or you bump into them at something and the moment they start talking you can just sense that they stand for yeah. making a real difference through whatever it is that they're wanting to do and i think what's really hard is that there's a, a almost like a taboo around talking about money right um particularly when we talk about some cultures as well it's, it's just awkward it's mm. weird and um, people aren't necessarily out to make any kind of a profit but they need to have this thing that's actually going to have legs on it so they can keep going with it yeah. um 
And I think what's really challenging is that there isn't this one single pathway and you're good to go. There's so many different options and pathways and possibilities and none of them are guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So you're taking a bit of a punt no matter which way you go, no matter how you set up, no matter who you approach first. Mm -hmm. So it's this evolving journey and one that I think I'm discovering people found quite lonely, quite challenging. Um, Every now and again they get like a really great opportunity or a lucky break or whatever it might be. But so many people have the idea and they just sit on it and go, how do I make this a reality? And the rejection is hard, you know, when they try something and it doesn't work out mm. and then they go, what am I doing? And then on the top uh, on the top of that, you've got um, other responsibilities, other commitments. So, you know, how much time can they give this idea when it's just an idea form? Mm. And so, yeah, I, I would love to see better support opportunities, pathways for our Māori and our Basica entrepreneurs. I think there are some great things out there. Um, and I just recently was invited to um, be part of the Ngahiri Communities Tukua Program podcast. So, you know, th- there's different stuff popping up in all sorts of different spaces. Um, but even they would say, these are the challenges that we're still facing. Yeah. And, and there's so many, you know, when you're talking about funding, funding is this big um, kind of almost like uh, mystery. <laughs> what, what is it? What are we talking about? And mm. I don't think I can I can describe it really well and in a short time frame Um, but it's made up of so many different pieces and some of those cross over so most of my time in the last probably like 10 years has been in the not-for-profit community funding sort of space Um, but yeah we can also talk about social enterprise we can talk about um, things that might be structured as a company but at the end of the day have a have a social conscience you could say Um, and everybody's out to make sure that they've got something sustainable, something viable and sustainable. Um, but again, they're knocking on a whole lot of different doors yep. and it's very hard to find one backer, no matter whether that's an investor or a, a community funder. Mm. Um, yeah, you're not going to necessarily find that one one backer. So you have to knock on all those doors. Yeah. And there's kind of this weird tension of who's going to come on board, on board first, yep. who's going to accept that risk. And then from there... Some others might be more keen. Um, there are some opportunities like Dragon's Den opportunities um, for those that are more in the investor space, but that's I, I don't fully fully understand that space. Um, so the not-for-profit and community funding and philanthropy, that sort of space is, is really challenging and needs probably, to put it quite frankly, a, a big overhaul. And I'm not the only one to say this. This is something that I think is becoming more and more common knowledge. We've got some papers out there that have been... Um, published that talk about how we need to change the landscape mm. or it is already changing and we need to um, move with the times so we've got processes in place for accessing funding that yeah just are not are not necessarily um working for certain people certain groups certain communities uh, and it can mean that uh the funding which is obviously this essential resource to be able to keep keep things going to have impact to have um support for people in need for vulnerable families communities Mm. you know this resource shouldn't be so hard to obtain if you're doing good stuff shouldn't be such a challenge or such a such an onerous thing Mm. um but it can feel that way and on top of that there's a lot of contestable funding so you're literally competing against the same people that you might want to actually be collaborating with right and at the end of the day you don't know how that's going to turn out it's hard it's Mm. really hard so i think um some funders are definitely starting to realize that and have tried 
some other little options, testing some some other ways. Um, but yeah, I, I think the the future of funding will and should look look significantly different, mm. and that's still a bit of a, a journey that we're figuring out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and there's so many different funders. I mean, I don't even know of all of them <laughs> just in, in the region that I'm in. And, and so it's like what you were mentioning before. There can be a whole lot of things happening, but we don't even necessarily know about them. Yeah. Um, how do you keep everybody informed and yeah. up to date? Yeah. And yeah, so, so it's definitely challenging, but I get excited about, you know, whatever small measure or small amount of funding or small amount of support of some kind mm. might be able to help somebody access but it's not, I mean, at the end of the day, ever up to me because I'm not a decision maker right. in any of those funding spaces. Yeah. I'm just a person that tries to help other people navigate it. Um, but also the other thing I think up front that people should know about funding um, from the funding that I've, I've been involved in the last 10 years or so is that there's always cri- there are always criteria, there are always parameters. And so sometimes it doesn't matter how amazing the thing is that you do there's actually just no way that particular funder can fund it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how, again, how you try to make your way into that space, you may just not be eligible. And that's such a hard thing because nobody wants to know that there's no way to access funding. They want to know, well, if I can't access access it from you, who can I access it from? And sometimes we just don't know. Like, you know, I I can't point you in any other direction. I don't know. So I think, um, you know, shared platforms and just being able to to have greater visibility over what's available Mm. and and maybe um, clarity over, you know, if you're doing a particular theme, these are some funders that you might be able to access. There are some people that put out directories, but I mean, they're, again, big lists, different closing dates. Yeah. 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 So you see people, um, organisations have to bring on board a funding application writer, mm. a person dedicated to funding and fundraising. So, mm. yeah, these distinct roles that are all about trying to figure out the funding scene and trying to, to access some of it. Mm. And it's often year to year. So, you know, how do you plan really yep. strategically and effectively when you don't quite know due to the nature of that funding mm. how much you'll get, if you'll get any? Uh, yeah, so it's a really, I just, yeah, I have to acknowledge what, what challenges there are for mm the great people doing great stuff. And I think the sort of elephant in the room in that conversation is you've got all these not-for-profit organisations or or organisations that maybe aren't obviously not-for-profit, but they are set up definitely to do social good. And they fill these gaps that ultimately actually are government's responsibility, Hmm. and yet they have to work so hard to get funding. Hmm. So it's a really strange predicament that they have to do that. Yeah, look, and and you, you outline a pretty intense sounding world right but but i can't help but think it is a necessary one in some ways for the people with ideas because ideas can be good but when you start it when you start going down that knocking on doors you you start quickly realizing what you don't have you know and it's it's so so maybe maybe that's the place to kind of when we go through the next segment is to kind of what's some good to haves you know, and, 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 and I know people would say, well, have a, have a, you know, a presentation or this type of stuff. But sometimes you're developing as you're going when you're listening. And I just wonder, as we would outline to our children, you know, look, here's some things I'm trying to prepare you for for life. Maybe we can help, help somebody, including myself and others listening, have a go at trying to articulate some ways of here's some general truths, you know, because 
quite often what I hear is, oh, if you take it in like that, you're going to get laughed out of the room, you know? And I'm like, well, yes, but maybe I need to be laughed out so that I take it more seriously in another time. And if it, if it means that... Um, well, so far I've never been laughed out of any room, and this is a like you know our podcast on TV right now, right? And and normally that comes with a heap of rigmarole, but it was created out of uh, I took the executive producer to a movie, you know, because we were he was in Auckland, I was in Auckland. I said I got some free tickets. I said, do you like horror? He said, no. I said, well, I've got movie uh, tickets to it, and he's like, well. I like you, Will. So we went to the movies and all of a sudden the relationship was built, you know? So yes, it can be about algorithm and planning, but it is also about the pursuit of the journey, I think, which is which is you never know what's going to happen. And if you don't expect something to happen, normally that's when it happens, right? That's the predicament that we find ourselves in is the problem with a good idea is it fuels you and it makes you energized and motivated and if you can't get people to get to that level you register it as come on team aren't we trying to do something good but of course everyone's thinking in a different capacity so let's hold it there um if it's cool with you we'll come back and and i guess yeah we'll just have a have a go for those people who are listening they might have that good idea and and i think it's good we can keep it in a nice safe space which is just like here's some general truths is that cool with you yeah Okay, so if it's cool with you, you know, from your, you, you mentioned kind of like 10 years in this space, what are some general good places to start, you know, if you have someone who's just got this burning passion or think they're onto something really interesting, um, what what do you do to kind of get it out of here? So, so the very first thing is um, when it is just an idea form, I think the only person that's fully going to understand it is the person that came up with it. And one of the hardest things is to explain that in all its entirety, especially if not all parts of it fleshed out. Mm. So as somebody on the receiving end, I'm like, I don't really know what you mean. It sounds <laughs> exciting, but I, I'm not totally clear and, and I could be completely misunderstanding it. So I think the more people are able to go on the journey of, how do I start to visualize that? Mm. Even the pieces that maybe I haven't fleshed out yet, simply saying, this is kind of what I'm thinking, but I haven't fleshed that part out yet. Mm. So there's just a, often a whole lot of pieces to it. And then once you have it a little bit more visual, like it could literally just be a one-page drawing that you do, you know, that takes you like five minutes. Mm. So you're just like trying to get this idea out. And I think as soon as that happens, it becomes really clear which bits you could actually move on that, that you've really crystallized and which bits are like, ah, oh, well, I might get to that at some point, but mm. it looks like that's not so critical. This is actually the bit of my idea that I really want to move forward with. Um, and I think from there as well, to remember the question that I asked you is, what do you, what do you want to do with, with, what, with your project? Mm. Where do you want to take it? Mm. What does that look like? Because that then determines, I think, where you want to take it more long-term, which vehicle or entity you might want to form into if you haven't already decided that sort of thing um who you might want to work with and which i guess funding space that that might fall under Mm. where you might know there are some closed doors because of the nature of what it is you're wanting to do and where you want to take it so don't go down that path unless you're prepared to 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 shift on where you want to take it Mm. it's a little bit more open as opposed to i know this is non-negotiable can't compromise must this must happen so i think yeah starting to ask those hard questions of yourself so that when you present it to somebody 
who's really in the business of what's your proposal, let's, let's move it through for consideration. Um, but then you've got something a, a little bit more detailed and they can understand and, and yeah, much greater clarity. Mm. First of all, is that something they can actually support um, in terms of the funding they, they could point you towards yeah. um, or not? Uh, who else there might be a better fit for? Mm. Um, and, and they can refer you on to others. Um, but like I said, sometimes there just there isn't a known pathway and you just have to be prepared to knock on a lot of different doors. And my number one piece of advice is if you're really that passionate about it, ask everyone, annoy everyone <laughs> and don't feel bad about it. If you're that passionate about it, don't apologize sharing what could actually be an incredibly impactful idea mm. um, and you never know who might be that person that says oh actually I just saw this or I have a friend over here mm. you never know who that person might you be and it know. might not be in the places you expect to find it yeah. so yeah if it's really that right at the core of you and you know you want to make that a reality and you're going to be committed to doing that and then I'd say ask on every door yep. you know um, don't be afraid to, to roll up to somebody from council somebody from um you know your your local neighborhood whatever anybody everybody and just pitch it to them but yeah. again if you haven't fleshed it out enough what are you pitching to them yeah. if they yeah. can't fully understand it they won't know what to do with it yeah so yeah and and i think too um sometimes we think we're having a a really incredible totally new totally unique idea only to find that somebody's not doing the same but something slightly similar and not to say that you'd want to go and hold the hands and, and ride off into the sunset together it might purely just be like wow somebody i can bounce off somebody who gets it mm. somebody who might have been um involved with some in some discussions or or opened up some some other pathways that maybe are going to be beneficial for you as well and so yeah i think it's worth um thinking about that too so how do you find yourself in spaces like networking opportunities etc yeah. where you might bump into those people yeah. you might hear their pitch and go oh my god can i talk to you can i can i um pick your brain and and i do find that people are really generous um even though they know that at some point they might end up competing for funding they're still incredibly generous hey these are the things that i found about oh you should try this person mm. yeah so um i would say again if you're that dedicated just keep finding opportunities for that to happen that's awesome that's yeah. awesome and one thing i picked up too is like I guess one of the things is to ask yourself some questions too, right? Because it can get very much about what do the funding bodies want to hear. But yeah. I guess one of the big things is, are you prepared to go up and pitch your idea to people, including your family, your friends? And and I would say like yeah. doing that, you, if you're listening to yourself and you're not keen, it's probably a good idea to work out why. Is it because I'm not 100% sure or I think it's a bit weird or whatever it is, but... From my experience, the more you ask, the more you're given the opportunity to explain it. And then you might pick up a few questions back, like, I don't understand this bit. And so you can amend your, um, your, your, you know, your ask or something like that. And, like, it's actually very fun because a picture emerges. And this is where it kind of gets into a weird space sometimes because things pop up and you can feel like, oh, that's supposed to happen you know and one of the things i was i was wondering how you kind of process the world is like uh you know i guess i'm someone who has always kind of thought things don't you know more like a scientific angle you know like it's just odds and statistics but the more i go into these journey the more i realize like it's weird how some things work out it's weird how 
it feels like some things just pop up at the right time. You know, I had a moment like that today and I'm like, do you trust that? Or is it is it because you're like this unconscious bias you have for the love for yourself that you just have tricked yourself into some meditative zone to put A and B together? You know, because I can imagine a scenario where you tell yourself, I'm ready. And you go off and you go and it doesn't work out, you know, and I think from what I hear, that's more likely to happen. But if you know that can happen, then you just have to ride also that wave out, you know, and it's like eventually you get there, but you got to go through this, these levels. And I think the there's like this narrative, which I just have a good idea. I ask and I get but everyone's trying to push you, push you, push you. So can you be looked at it from that side, that side, that side, you know? And it is really interesting because it's that's not fun. It's like growth. <laughs> growth is, is actually hard, you know? Uh, we Our bodies have to stretch and grow and and it's sore, you know what I mean? It, really, I think that's what you're talking about with the rejection part of it too, eh? Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm just going to turn the light on because okay, it's cool. really dark. <laughs> keeping it real yeah we keep it real I'm, I'm keeping all this in the podcast you know I like that this is for, you know on TV where it's supposed to be like you know it has to be everything perfect no no we just do a podcast and I like that I actually really like these little bits in the podcast because I want the audience who are watching to remember that this is not a show this is just a recorded chat of us and I think that is where maybe potentially we have to be brave in this new digital world is when they say authenticity that also means just us being us eh? and that's a tough one but but I'm picking up that we're both kind of agreeing that sometimes us being us means that we won't get it right all the time is that how you feel about it that will oh totally yeah yeah, Yeah. And and I think I could honestly say I get things horribly wrong but wrong enough that I feel embarrassed and like how did I how did I not plan that better or Mm. execute that better Mm. Um, but to also not be hard on myself and I'm a human being at the end of the day and I think we're all juggling multiple things and and I I do think um, we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform and to get things you know perfect and mm. and one of the things I enjoy is that I'm one of the most awkward people to talk to like socially quite awkward and I <laughs> talk too fast and I talk too much but it's almost like that puts some people at ease I, I might I might be um this person that comes across with you know might be a fancy title or they think I work for a, a, a particular type of organization or an institution and and even in my background was actually in the education sector and and so people made assumptions about me before they met me mm. or because they'd heard me like uh, maybe do like a, a guest lecture and I'd already and that already knew it was quite a mess <laughs> I'd be like oh oh just lost you and then I would just say hey team you're back with me look we've had a few little uh, technical difficulties with our internet so Sandy has uh, we've had a chat and uh, we're going to wrap the podcast here I just want to, um, look, spend a bit of time and say thank you all for joining us on this podcast and thank you, Sandy, for being part of this podcast and and to talk about uh, how we transfer our ideas into something. And look, it, it is huge that we know that there's responsibility on us, that we are 
in charge, right? And that we do not want to put too much power in others. So I'm not saying don't, but it's your idea. It's you. It's us. And we've got to be the one to push it through, you know? Like I think about the early navigators and and that they had to travel past their comfort zone. That they were rewarded. They were rewarded with traveling past their comfort zone. And so this is the question we need to ask ourselves too. Is our idea up here worth pushing past my comfort zone? Like Sandy said, am I prepared to go after asking people for help? Am I prepared to ask or maybe potentially be embarrassed by not having everything I need, but standing up for yourself and pushing forward? An interesting thing I think um, neurologically is that I've read some science around the fact that we get a dopamine hit, we get a reward in our brain when we move forward, when we try something hard, the pursuit of something difficult, we actually get a reward. I believe too much in life we, we lean too much on the final destination, where we will be if it all works out. And if you think about it, this is a very risky way because it's unclear. It's unclear what you can do with a dream, with an idea, if you will ever get there. And we should assume that if we take lessons from what we hear, that it's very hard to get to where you want to be. This is a very big pursuit in life. So rather than getting your reward and your brain and your soul from the destination, let's get it from the journey. That is how our ancestors kept themselves going. That is how we discover who we are today. By following that path of getting the reward, getting the thumbs up from our mind, body and spirit. By acknowledging the now. By saying to ourselves when we get, you know, embarrassed or awkward feelings from doing things we're uncomfortable with. Our mind, body and spirit's getting rewarded because we stood up. We stood up to the challenge. We rose to the challenge. And this is tough. But I want you to know that I invite people like Sandy on this podcast so we can confront the hard stuff. Because we are in control. This is the gift we have from our ancestors. Is the gift of moving forward. And we should and we are using it. So we sign off here. I want to thank you all for watching this podcast. Thank you to everybody involved in creating this podcast. Audiana TV, Clem, Vika, and Samson. Just want to give you a verbal shout out. All of the Audiana wider family. It's awesome that we get to blow our minds together. Stay safe team. Push forward and we'll see you in the next podcast. I would like to invite you on a five-minute guided breathing journey with me. How will this happen? Well, first of all, you need to know this is totally safe. This is the way nature intended us to breathe in a slower, more calm way. This is not meditation. This is not mindfulness. This is breathing. This is the power of the ha, the life force within. And this lives in each of us. We've forgotten this. Our breathing is upper. We all breathe upper. <gasps> the fight or flight breathing. This is lower. Deep into our belly. 
our manava, our core. And when we breathe this way, the magic really happens. So we breathe nasally, we breathe slowly, and we breathe deeply. I will guide you for the next five and a half minutes. We will be breathing at a rate of 5.5 seconds in our nose and 5.5 seconds out our nose. Again, this is very safe. This is the opposite to the anxiety breathing we do. We breathe up to 20 times per minute in modern society. Yet nature intended us to breathe at a lower rate, at a manava rate, 5.5 seconds in. So I invite you to switch to your nose, breathe through your nose, and we're going to start with a slow breath in. Here we go. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five, and breathe out. Two, three, four, five. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five. Breathe slowly out. Two, three, four, five, breathe in, two, three, four, five, breathe out, two, three, four, five, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, Breathe out. Feel the calm. Breathe in. Breathe out. And bring the life in. Breathe out. Two, three, four. Five and breathe in two, three, four, five and breathe out two, three, four, five and breathe in your nose two, three, four, five and breathe out your nose two, three, four, five breathe in your nose. Breathe out your nose. Breathe in your nose. Breathe out your nose. Nice and relaxed. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five. And breathe out. Two, three, four. Five, breathe in, two, three, four, five, and breathe out, two, three, four, five, and breathe in, two, three, four, five, and breathe out, two, three, four, five, and breathe in your nose. Breathe out. Breathe in. And breathe out. 
Breathe in your nose, two, three, four, five, and breathe out, two, three, four, five. Breathe in, two, three, four, five. Feel the calm, breathe out, two, three, four, five, and slow in, two, three, four. Five and calmly out. Two, three, four, five, and breathe in your nose. Breathe out. And breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in your nose, two, three, four, five, and breathe out, two, three, four, five, about a minute ago, breathe in, two, three, four, five, and breathe out, two, three, four, five, and breathe in your nose, And breathe out. And breathe in. Deep into your belly. And breathe out. And breathe in. Two, three, four, five. And breathe out. Two, three, four. Five and breathe slowly in. Two, three, four, five and breathe slowly out. Two, three, four. Life force in. Share the power with the world. And I want you to slowly come back to me. Open your eyes if they've been closed. Welcome back. I hope you feel calm. You've influenced the mind through the breath, through slow nasal breathing. When we breathe through our nose, we breathe deeper into our lungs. When we breathe deeper into our lungs, we send better quality oxygen around our body, including to our brain. Because when we breathe, we influence the mind to rise up. I'd like to thank you for joining me in this Manava breathing session. It was a pleasure to guide you to calm. I want you to know that you do not need me to find the calm. You need to connect with your manava, with your core. Do your manava breathing. Connect to your nose. Breathe slow. 5.5 seconds in, 5.5 seconds out. I want to wish you a good day or night wherever you are. Thank you for sharing a breath with me and I look forward to sharing another breath soon.